the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. JKL Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. This time of year, the temperature, it's getting chilly, it's getting cold. When are you going to first put on your heat? Call JKL Engineering, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Remember, estimates are free, financing is available for both residential and commercial Hey, face it, whether we like it or not, the heating season is here. Let J.K. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K. Engineering design and install high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, licensed Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL, an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navient certified factory dealer. Call JKL today for system replacement, oil to gas, or for heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering at 401-351-7600. I'll give you that number again, 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll keep you cool in the summertime, warm in the wintertime. Estimates are free, financing is available, and the highest rebates on the market. Call JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. It's John DiPietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, uh, dipietro.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Preferred Towing and Recovery. They're located in Lincoln. Uh, they specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, private property towing services. It's Mark and Christine. You know, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years. They get the job done safely, securely. Preferred also buys older vintage cars, 60s, 70s, you know. Maybe you have one, been sitting in the garage for the last 15 years. You say, you know, I'm going to restore that someday. Well, how about instead call today for a fee or offer? Preferred towing, 401 725, excuse me, 8,500, 401, 725, 8,500, or online, recovery.com. They're also on Facebook. Well, folks, again, good morning. It's John DePietro. We have a big show on this Monday, October 9th. Excuse me, November 9th. I wish it was October 9th. November 9th. And the, uh, the whole situation regarding the ballots in the election remain in doubt. I want to... um come back to i i we're going to talk to justin katz managing editor oceanstatecurrent.com i just want to be clear i think it's unfair the way the local media their lack of curiosity regarding a record election um as far as turnout in rhode island and i also folks i find it i find it impossible to believe that of five hundred seven thousand ballots cast in rhode island a new record uh, that I, I believe it needs to be examined if people voted multiple times, if there's anyone that should not have voted, uh, if someone filled out any type of improper ballot. Um, I know there's, there's people that are upset, and many of you, that you're not sure where to look 
and you know that it doesn't sound right and you know it doesn't feel right and but they don't know the right questions um i think it's very unfair for the media to try to portray the trump people as delusional and they want a recount can you imagine that you lost by 20 points and you're being recount well everything doesn't have to be an either or right there could be if, if they find out that 50 ballots are thrown out or 10 ballots are thrown out um fraudulent voting is fraudulent voting the board of elections has a very poor track record as far as going after any type of fraudulent voting and they don't look for it i also think i want many of you and i understand your angst and i want to try to direct you if i can but something you have to look at is something that we have talked about on this program and that is the ballot harvesting where the cam campaigns go out and their campaign workers they collect a lot of the ballots i think that's a big problem and that's something that needs to be looked into there were a number of things that were missed the people at the Board of Elections on Friday were frustrated, and I think they have a right to be frustrated. And it wasn't explained accurately. And, and the Board of Elections has yet to explain what was the delay. You know, um, I hear a lot from the media that they're trying to depict the Trump people as they're misguided and delusional, or and even the chairman of the Republican Party was very disappointed to see. She said, oh, well, you know, Biden would have won anyway. I mean, listen, your, your job is not to decide the outcome. Your, your job is to find out and try to find out if if all the elections, I, I refuse to believe that in all these different races, that every vote that was cast for these progressive candidates, I don't believe they're all legit. And I don't care if there's one fraud vote, it needs to be found. You know, th this is along the same lines of the mostly peaceful protest. Oh, let's not look at the vote total because for the most part, uh, we'd like to believe that. No, excuse me. If if someone ran and there were fraudulent votes of people vote to, voted multiple times, or there was anything that that was done that was not uh, on par, it it needs to be examined, and there needs to be accountability for it. And I hear a lot of excuses being made. I also hear a lot of lack of curiosity with uh, certain members. But it starts with the board of elections. You have to know what you're looking for. These things need to be cross-examined date of birth. Uh, if you have John Smith and there's 20 of them and they live all over the state, well, then that's one thing. But what if you have uh, 20 John Smiths that were all born on the 4th of July in 1960? Well, now you have a problem. But Nellie Gorbia, the Secretary of State, she removed the birthday. So you have 20 John Smiths and there's a John Smith that voted in Lincoln and he was born on the 4th of July. And there was a John Smith born in cumberland and he was born on july 4th there was a john smith born in woodsocket and so forth and then they say well that's just a coincidence i guess a lot of people born on the 4th of july they named this their son john smith but it'd be much different if we knew what year that this person were born but she removed that so i also want people to understand when people are talking about looking into the ballots you need a computer you're talking about five hundred and seven thousand ballots cast if we're to believe this so folks you need cross tabs and a computer program to figure out and it could pull out names of people that you know it's this this is not someone sitting down at a desk not when you're talking about you know half a million names there are computer programs where then you could figure out if someone is deceased if someone had moved out of state if someone's uh information is showing up in in different cities and towns, if they voted in the past in different cities and towns, there are existing 
computer programs that you could plug in. That's what needs to happen here. Not, you know, I, I think I'm seeing a lot of people just getting footage of people counting ballots and they don't know what to do with it. Um, it doesn't mean anything. It, it just means you have footage of some people that are accounting ballots is basically what it means. Folks, again, we're going to be writing a lot about this at the website. Don't forget to petro.com, brought to you by Allstate Lock. Call them 401-349-0042. Car key, security cameras, residential, commercial, Allstate Lock, experts in locking systems and building security. So we're going to talk to Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Coming up, leave it right here. It's all ahead on the John DePietro Show. And folks, again, I want to remind you, um, that you want to keep yourself and your family nice and healthy, why not pick up a bottle of Akai Berry today? You can get it. It's my health, my health in Cumberland. Akai Berry. The website is A-C-A-I-B-E-R-R-I.com. Akai Berry, this incredible antioxidant. It's also sold at Dave's and East Greenwich. Akai Berry, incredible antioxidant. Keeps your body healthy, refreshed. Pick up a bottle today. All right, leave it right here. Justin is next right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. Ever in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 
3340. Did someone damage your vehicle, whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle? West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. With me is the managing editor for OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, obviously a lot of uh, political news to discuss, but I'd like to start off just the significance, the breakdown. Uh, that was no small feat that Barbara Ann Fenton Fung, in her first election, uh, definitely a kingslayer and took out Speaker Nick Mattiello. And it would appear that we have a new speaker. Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, that was definitely the, uh, I guess the, you'd say the bright spot on the Republican ticket uh, this this time around in Rhode Island, uh, particularly noteworthy because early in the evening, a lot of Republicans looked like they were doing well because Republicans did so well on election day votes. So in every city and town, practically, the Republican was up and, and by not a small margin. Uh, but that seems to be just about the one race that uh, that didn't re- completely reverse when they got the mail ballots in. Um, let, let's talk about the significance of, um, I mean, let, let's face it, Mattiello style was one of... Um, you know, nothing made its way to the floor unless he wanted it to pass. It has been countless scandals that they have been involved in. Um, by all accounts, <clears throat> I mean, I point right at him as, you know, everything wrong with the way Rhode Island to me was still, you know, was always under uh, a pay to play atmosphere with with Mattiello. And I think it is it is no small feat. And um, and I think it's a huge breath of fresh air that he is out of there. Well, I, I think, you know, I I guess I'm going to withhold some judgment to see whether whether that changes. Uh, that I mean, as you describe it, he may have been particularly bad or particularly good. But that, that sounds generally like how Rhode Island has run, at least as long as I've been paying attention, no matter who's in the, the, the main chairs there. So I think we do have to see if Shikarchi, the new House Speaker, is any different, if the atmosphere changes at all, if, or if that just continues with a, a different kind of person. Now, whatever happens, I think it's a good, it's a, it's a really, really good and healthy outcome that Rhode Island has learned the Speaker's House Speaker is not immune to voters. You don't have to, it doesn't take, you know, the state police or the FBI to get a, a House Speaker out of office. The voters can do it. I think that's a, uh, a, a very healthy lesson for our, our state to learn. Uh, and and hopefully, hopefully, you know, hopefully Shikarchi is is a more open speaker uh, in that regard and, and starts to pare down some of the historical abuses and corruption that's involved in, in Rhode Island, the Rhode Island legislature. Um, but I, I, I just, I'm not going to get my hopes up for that. Um, partly, partly he may seem to be more, um, more open and more willing to let things come to the floor only because he's, if, if the legislature moves more to the left toward the progressive end of things, he can, he can make it seem as if he's being more open by letting the progressives have their way. Uh, so that, that's definitely something to watch out for. What do you think she did right? 
uh, Barbara and Fen Fung. What do you think led to her success? And do you think she was a better candidate than Steve Fryas, who ran twice and lost? Well, I think I think Steve Steve Fryas did a great job. Definitely a uh, a knowledgeable political guy on law and politics. Um, not unlikable, uh, had no negatives in that regard, but maybe a little wonky. Um, also going up against Mattiello earlier on, uh, Barbara Ann Fenton was a, a strong and competent uh, candidate, but she had some some native advantages, such as, well, first of all, the being married to Alan Fung, who's a, still a popular figure, outgoing mayor of Cranston uh, in that area. Um, she, she's female in a time when that is an, is an advantage in a political race. Uh, and we're also following, you know, another two years of of Mattiello getting strung up on on little and scandal, big and little scandals, uh, which culminated in a a court case within the past couple months. So um, there was there was a lot in her favor there, and I think she was a, she was a strong candidate enough to capitalize on it. What, whether Steve Fry would have pulled it off or, or somebody similar this time around, that that's an interesting question. I, I think there's a good chance somebody else could have done it, but she definitely had some advantages unique to herself. Yeah. I think, um, I think she's a rising star. Uh, Steve Fry is good guy, smart guy, but I think this is one of those things that uh, yet people have to step back and there are candidates that are better than other candidates. She, she just has an easier way about her. Um, nothing against Steve. She's, she's more likable. And I think another good example is when you talk to someone like a Ken block, he's a smart, knowledgeable guy. He he he's just there's some missing ingredient that and, and it's nothing personal against the person. But you put yourself out there that they're just not as electable as someone else. I think that that she she has I, I think she's actually a better candidate than her husband. She's she's she really handled him very well in the debates. There was nonstop with the uh, the themes. She went right. She would hold him accountable. She ran to me a, a very aggressive, impressive for someone who's never run before. That that was a really that was a race unlike no one else running for office for a rep seat or a state senate ran the type of campaign that she ran. Well, yeah, the I mean the campaign itself was was good. Um, although in that regard, you, you you can't exactly call her a political novice. I mean, not only has she been helping her husband, but her husband, well, I'm sure, was involved True. in her campaign. Uh, and on electability, you know, that's a <laughs> that's a very subject, subjective thing. You know, I, I again, just this it comes down to personal uh, tendencies and personal preferences. But I I personally find Steve Frias more likable. Um, mm. But that's that's, you know, I may be very unique in that regard. I'm not sure. Um, but again, nothing against her on a personality level. That's just uh, the people I, I find more more likable. Uh, but so I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll definitely see. I mean, she's she certainly has to be included on a list of, you know, people to watch in Rhode Island yeah. in the political area. Uh, we'll see where she where she gets. Um a lot of that, a lot of that likability to the voters. We'll see how that translates into her fellow legislators and whether she can accomplish anything from her. I mean, that's going to be one of the big watch points, uh, I think, across the board. Is one of Mattiello's stronger talking points, at least from a sort of retail politics perspective, was to say to the voters of Cranston, "Look, I'm the speaker. No matter, even if you like her better, she's not going to be the speaker." So that's going to be a, something. She, 
probably a hurdle she'll have to overcome and and hopefully her she and her, her husband and her, her team are are looking at trying to figure out ways to to generate buzz and generate things to point to and say look we were successful without being the speaker so that canard can go away and if they can accomplish that again uh, just like knocking out a house speaker that in itself will be very helpful very healthy for for rhode island government across the state if if it's known that you don't have to have the most powerful politician in the state to you don't have to put up with whatever they want to do in order to keep that benefit Folks, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, one thing about Sakachi, I know him. He's very different than Mattiello. What, what should be noted is he was able to remain the number two. He didn't have any mud on him. He wasn't called to testify in that Mattiello re-election campaign. Uh, you know, the Brit trial, <clears throat> you don't hear him dragged in with uh, any corruption. He's a, a very nice guy, knows a lot of people. But what do you make of the fact that the General Assembly this whole time during the pandemic has not met and suddenly, boom, there they all are, or at least the Democrats, they're all in a room and they uh, have their caucus and they make Sakachi the new speaker. And then the Senate did the same. Boy, for people that kept coming up with reasons why they, they couldn't meet, um, they suddenly met in a hurry. Yeah, that was conspicuous, especially at a time when when the governor's imposing a a uh, I don't want to go go so far as to say fascist, but imposing a a curfew on a state based on a, a disease that's mildly more deadly than the flu, if at all. Uh, that's at that same time, and while we're all remembering that the General Assembly has not met in months and months and months to have any oversight or to to keep anything keep any real representation of the people going that the fact that they they feel completely casually comfortable getting together to caucus and pick leadership that was really telling and i, I do hope rhode islanders learned a lesson and i hope when when all of our cell phones started buzzing because the, the governor wanted to use our emergency broadcast system in order to remind, remind us to follow her her arbitrary and, and dictatorial rules. I hope Rhode Islanders saw it. You know what? The General Assembly was able to meet. Uh, that doesn't seem to make much sense. You know, there were, <clears throat> before we go to a break, there were people uh, posting on my Facebook page that some of the members of the General Assembly were saying, well, Governor Raimondo wouldn't let them meet. And just, you know, I pushed back and said that's completely false. Uh, first of all, she has no say of what they want to meet. It, Nick Battiello's strategy was lay low, lay below the go below the radar and therefore you don't he was very happy that they did not have to meet this past spring he had been you know he didn't know what was going to happen with the convention center there was rumors he was going to be indicted with that grand jury uh he he didn't like the fact he had to keep going to the state house and then the press and he was successful he made a calculated decision to not meet because otherwise you know you and i have both been on the lawn of the state house they could have moved it outside. They could have had chairs set up. There's plenty of shade. They could have had some sort of a meeting or been, done it. They do it in public anyway. So they could have done something if they wanted to meet somewhere. They, they didn't want to meet. And then it came back to bite him when he was unable to go around and campaign. But someone was putting that out there. Oh, yeah, Governor Mundo wouldn't let them meet, which is you and I both know are complete falsehood. They could have met. Uh, I believe now they will meet. But it was just Mattiello just did not want to meet. Um, but, he, that was the gambling he he took. 
Yeah, well, I, I, the, the discouraging thing is that it's, you know, only people, maybe only people like us who know that that's such baloney. I mean, every, yes. every well-educated citizen of the United States of America ought to know that the governor cannot tell the legislature, you cannot meet. I mean, that is, that is Venezuela-type socialist dictatorship. You, that is completely false, and that is the big problem with the past six months. And I think you're right. I think Mattiello not only... Did it bite him because he couldn't go out and campaign? But I think there's there's a real missed opportunity for him to be the one pushing back and saying we're going to have accountability, we're going to fulfill yes. our role, and to look. And then when he turned to the people of Cranston and said, "Look, I'm the Speaker of House. It's very different than just your average representative." That would have been a very powerful message. But again. He, some of it was calculated risk. He didn't know what might be coming down the pipeline, and I think more than that, I, I don't, I don't know that any of the legislators, any of the legislators except maybe the Republicans, really wanted to get back and and have to take any responsibility for anything that sure. happened. This way, they could hedge their bets and say, "Oh well, well, I, we didn't do that." Just like they were saying on on social media, "Oh, we weren't allowed to be," you know, "Oh yeah, right, come on," you know, "we did, we didn't impose a curfew, we didn't do this to your family and your business." The governor did. Uh, that's what they were hoping for, and unfortunately, there there wasn't as much of a backlash to that attitude as there should have been. Folks, quick break. A lot more ahead. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCart.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery. 24-hour mobile service. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor of the Ocean of OceanStateCart.com. Justin, let's um, speak candidly, and I, I'm going to be very candid, but I'd like to hear what type of grade would you give Susie Yankee, the uh, chairwoman of the Republican Party, based on election results and how that went, and also the Trump Rhode Island campaign? Well, uh... You know, it's I'm I'm tempted to grade on a curve because election years are difficult for um, for Republicans in Rhode Island, and especially this year with all those mail ballots out there and a huge huge boost in, in turnout, uh, particularly for Democrats. So I mean, I I think I'd give her her a B uh, with the curve that on wow. the curve that you know there's just no there's You're not a generous well, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have indeed. All right. Let, 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 first of all, let, let's look at the board. Barbara and Fenton won on her own. No help. Patricia Morgan. I don't know whether she helped Patricia Morgan. Anthony G. Russo lost. Chad Callahan lost. Dorian Costa lost. Lancia lost. Um, you know, as anyone that won had been there before. I think there was one newcomer, I believe, some rep that 
that that won. But other than that, um, I mean, the the results are the results. There's a lot of races that went uncontested, and people granted Kent Hopkins, but I don't know how much she was involved in that race. So, um, I mean, if looking at the scoreboard and everyone's looking at the same data, I I would not deem it a success at all. My opinion. Well, my opinion. Well, I mean, there's a, I guess there are different, different ways of looking at success. I mean, there, uh, honestly, I, I think looking at a, honestly, looking at a presidential election year, uh, even before knowing that there would be the huge wave. I mean, who knew that, that Joe Biden was going to have bigger coattails than Barack Obama when, when pop singers were singing his praises and little children putting out viral videos about him. Uh, somehow Joe Biden's a more compelling guy, I guess, but even without knowing that, you know, honestly, I, th- I think we could have pretty closely called these results um, as it was. I mean, beforehand, you, you predicted Dorian Costa would, would not be successful because of the split vote. So, party. Yeah. yeah. And so there's, you know, th- there's only so much that you, you can credit or blame the uh, the chair of the Rep- Rhode Island Republican Party on this stuff. I mean, a lot of it's just the, the support isn't there. Even so, I mean, even just keeping seats um, you know, like uh, Dela Cruz and, and Elaine Morgan um, and Price, others who kept their seats, even just keeping them is is to some extent a, a success in a year when when somehow uh, Joe Biden managed to best Hillary Clinton in Rhode Island. Do you really believe that vote total? 507,000 people? You think, again, you, this is my opinion, your opinion. You You really believe that that's authentic? Well, no, I don't. But but that's kind of I mean, that only goes to my point. Right. You, I don't know how much you can you can downgrade the the uh, Rhode Island Republican chair for for losing in a situation like that, especially. I mean, if we're going to if we're going to assume some degree of, of vote fraud or at the very least um, aggressive uh, harvesting of votes, if we're going to assume that on a Democrat's part, that's a that's a huge hurdle to overcome. Well, I think at the very least, I mean, Friday, I broadcast live from the Board of Elections and you had 100 people never seen this before. 100 people came out because they are confused and upset over what happened regarding President Trump. Never. I've You and I have followed this. Do you remember 100 people on the Republican side coming out at lunchtime? There was no one from the party there. Susie Yankee's comment to the press was, oh, well, Biden would have won without the mail ballots anyway, which does nothing. There's nothing. Why are we to believe that the Board of Elections, which was on full display during the Brick trial, that they did virtually nothing? They were ignored. No people were ignoring their subpoenas. As you know, they didn't even really investigate or talk to Mattiello or Skenyon. Uh, you know, four years ago, we heard about nonstop Russian collusion. I, I, I personally don't believe that in an election where mail ballots did not even have to be notarized and where everyone without asking, received mail ballot applications, which means anyone that sent back any mail ballot application got a ballot. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I listeners that say the people that lived in the House 10 years before they did, they got mail ballot applications arrived at the House. People whose relatives had passed away arrived at the House. Now, people that try to do the right thing quickly threw them away. Not everyone did. If you mailed that back, you got one back. I mean, I, I would argue that the job of the party chair is you're supposed to be in there fighting for the candidates 
you have a lot of disappointed people. Anthony G. Russo, he lost by 300 votes to Justine Caldwell. I mean, the Caldwell people weren't even at the polls on Election Day. To me, part of it is you have to be in there fighting, advocating and, and demanding some accountability with the Board of Elections and how this election came down. Yeah, well, that, that um, I'm going to agree. I, I mean, if you're talking about the lead up to the election, that's one thing. But I, I've been at a national level as well as more locally. It's it's disappointing to see Republicans and they're not all doing it, but to see them saying, oh, well, <laughs> they won. OK, let's all go back to, you know, trying to get things done. No, this is at, even even if it were a crass political calculation, there are at this point in the United States, tens of millions of of Trump voters, Republican voters, who are at, are at very least frustrated and ready to be kind of pointed in a direction to, to make things better. And a, a big way to do that would be to start going after this idea of the mail ballots and to demand accountability. So that's a yes. that's, that's that attitude, I think, is, is completely way too much too soft. And it's it's one of the reasons, you know, the, the people who get in these these situations of uh, organizing a party in a state like Rhode Island, where, you know, it's, it's not that there's not a whole lot of competition to, to grab those seats and you're not, you don't have a whole lot of, of benefits to hand out to people in order to, to generate unity and, and any kind of conformity with your, your policies. I think there, they, we, people tend to get into this kind of organizational mindset where, well, okay, well, we're going to play by the rules. And I think that's a, that's a, it's a potentially a missed opportunity if it doesn't turn around real quick. And if you just look at, I mean, it, it ought to be an easy lesson. Look at the success um, the former GOP uh, chairman had, and uh, he might not have been a chairman anymore, but just as an interested Republican, Brandon Bell, filing a complaint with the board of elections on yes. uh, Mattiello's that's right. Issue, issues with On the, the mailer. Whole thing. Yeah, the, yes, that was a huge trial. success. So between it that was. and the enthusiasm of the of the the Trump vote to have people turning out in Rhode Island where, yep. I mean, the journalists, I think you commented on it and I did too on social media, the journalists are out there saying, oh, Biden won by 20 points, go away people, <laughs> which is completely irresponsible for journalists to be it saying. Is. But, but I mean, they do have a point. It was a huge margin. Uh, fraud did not give Biden a Rhode Island vote probably, but it was still something and there's still people upset about it and that's good. And that's something the Republicans ought to be out there capitalizing on it. I mean, they don't have to be out there saying, you know, the whole system's corrupt and it's all fraud maybe it is um i think that fraud that fraud image with the, the lines i think michigan where the vote for biden suddenly went up and it created an f on the chart that's a very powerful image uh, but i the republicans don't even have to go that far but capitalize on this be at that rally somehow you need to know that 100 people who sympathize with you are going to be at the board of elections and you need to be seen there i, I do agree there. Yes. that's but then that, be supportive right and and the lack of curiosity justin with the local media that Steph Machado put out, you know, this is a waste. They want a recount. Uh, he won by 20 points. We'll, we'll time out. You and I both know the lack of curiosity about the local media is astounding. Number one, number two, if channel 12 or 10 or six, or the, if they were running a promo that said tonight, we're going to feature someone we found who voted five times. I, I would watch that. You would watch that to, they, the, to drag it into that. They're demanding a recount. With 507,000 ballots cast, I, I, impossible to believe that that system was somehow not manipulated. David Cicilline got 70% of the vote. Congressman Cicilline, when he won in 2010, he got 81,000 votes. This time around, 
he supposedly received close to 160,000 votes. Now, Justin, you and I follow this. Is it really that easy to double your vote total? <laughs> Not improve by 10 or 20 percent, but double? I refuse to believe that. In a year, we saw what was going on in Cranston. You brought up a good point with the Brit trial and Brandon Bell fired that, filed that. These were unnotarized mail ballots. The opportunity for fraud is right beyond belief. And what, what I find astounding is the local media seemingly dismissed it all as Look at these stupid Trump people. They want a recount. You know, it doesn't have to be a recount. But if you find five people, 10 people, 20 people, maybe they were involved with a campaign and they voted several times. I, I think these are legitimate questions that should be investigated, not dismissed. Yeah, well, that's uh, I mean, to me, there's even as recently as a year ago, people often made the distinction between the national media and the state level media, generally saying things like, oh, well, you know, the national media is biased and terrible, but the state media, state level media does much better. Not anymore. I mean, they're just, they've just been so terrible this year between not questioning the governor on her, on her dictates and the emergency powers. And now this, I mean, they were, I, I forget which station was 10 or 12. There were reporters out there saying, the, the tweet, it might have been a headline, at least a tweet was saying, no modern presidential candidate has refused to concede. Like, Hello, 2000, Al Gore. I mean, just, just right. they're just so swept up in the ideology thing. And, 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 yes. and, along, and they're now fully within that national media movement of let's declare Biden a winner. Let's say, let's pretend he's the president-elect, that, that it's crazy to question this, because that way, will either one convince judges that even if president Trump is correct about the fraud, it's better not to up overturn the election or two, you'll, you'll wind up getting huge riots out of the, out of the people who are disappointed. If the court does say, yeah, we're going to have to get rid of all those votes because they were fraudulent. If that happens, there will be a riot, which it seems like the media is okay with. So I, I think at this point to me, the, if the news media state level as well has had any credibility remaining going into this election, it's, it's completely gone. I mean, the idea that these, that this number of votes would, would just materialize. I, I'm just not, it's possible. They're, they're not There's even, no way in a pandemic. And it's not even like there, there are people exactly. stuck in Florida who, who didn't even get a chance to vote. With, and, it's not even a question like, Hey, this seems unusual. Five hundred and seven thousand votes. Yeah, and and, and but, no one and, and you and I both know Nelly Govia still hides the birth date, so it's it's impossible to cross reference if there was people that voted, you know, several times. I've heard that that whole Matt Brown collaborative that they were all voting in each other's district. So when you have a group a a pack of one hundred people, I heard they were all voting. And then all those people, you know, that's that's like a building up like a 500 vote margin. Now, I've heard that it's from a very good source. I, I'd like to find out if that's true. I'll tell you who could find out. The chairwoman of the Republican Party could find out. And something else I want to mention, but I believe that the Trump campaign locally uh, and I'm friends with him, Jerry Zarella. But there was a real opportunity. Ted Nisi was even astounded at the number of uh, votes that President Trump received in Central Falls and parts of Providence. And I was told that there was, you know, emails and things like that to the local Trump people, Trump Rhode Island, now, not the national campaign. Hey, you know, we're finding that a lot of Latino voters, they don't identify with Black Lives Matter. Some of them tend to be pro-life. Uh, they don't like socialism. And, and there's an opportunity here. 
And I, I will tell you, you know, yeah, they had the Rocky Point stuff in the state house. There was no effort to try to reach out to the Latino base that clearly there was an opportunity here. There should have been some outreach in Central Falls and Providence. And as you and I know, the Latino population is growing in Rhode Island, but there were no rallies. There were no spokespeople. Um, Again, I'm going to look at it as I I think the ball was dropped. I think it was because there were different opportunities. We're going to take a quick break. A lot more, folks. Justin Katz, Politics This Week, right here on The John DePietro Show. This is the perfect time of year. If you're going to have any paving done around your home, really improve the look of it. Well, you want to call J. Perry Paving, letter J, J. Perry Paving today at 732-1730, 732-1730. You can find them online, letter J, jperrypaving.com. They're also on Facebook. J. Perry Paving, residential, commercial, seal coating, patios. What a difference it makes how aesthetically pleasing it is. Folks, invest in your home, invest in your property, your business. J. Perry Paving, provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Hey, they'll offer a free estimate, any project. What a difference it makes. You can have a beautiful home, but if you have a cracked driveway or some different cracks or just maybe it hasn't been done in a while, call J. Perry Paving today. This is also a great time of year to have that patio done, seal coating, residential, commercial, J. Perry Paving. Call them 401 732 1730. They're the best. 732 1730. It's incredible. Asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new project or maybe it's just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing, looks beautiful. Hey, and the snow melts right off it. J. Perry Paving. Call them for a free quote. Maybe just thinking about it, this is the perfect time. Have that driveway done, patio done, J. Perry Paving. Call them, 732-1730, 401-732-1730, J. Perry Paving. Look for them online at J, letter J, jperrypaving.com, and also on Facebook. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is the managing editor, of the OceanStateCurrent.com. It's uh, Justin Katz. Again, Justin, we're, we're talking about the vote total. See, I, I just believe this is a time that you, you can't let people feel like, what did I just do that for? And there are several candidates saying, I gave up my spring. I gave up my summer. I gave up my fall. What happened here? Uh, I don't feel right about this vote total. I don't know. Um, there's another part of this I want to get thought on just to show to me the way the, the media can be biased. And I'll name names. Tom Mooney, biased reporter for the journal. He showed up at that board of elections thing. He didn't want to talk to me. He didn't want to talk with two people that are educated, intelligent. One of them, she's a woman from Barrington. She's the one that organized it. They seek out the fringe people. They seek out the people that mention religion. The headline is, you know, Jesus or something wants Trump to get a. They seek out people that say we want to recount. They, they, they try to portray the Trump people as a bunch of Bible thumping, you know, right wing nuts. I noticed on Saturday there was a group of people went to the state house. Some right wing fringe nut mentioned civil war. A reporter from Channel 12 mentions that. But, Justin, I've been there at the state house this past summer when you have members of Black Lives Matter defund the police. They talk about 
time for another riot, burning down the city. Uh, you know, only only good cop is a dead cop. Doesn't get reported. Just that, that that's selective reporting to shape and reinforce a narrative. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the the left wing rallies and riots, uh, if if a cop car gets burned, the rally was mostly peaceful, right? Yes, if, that's if, right. If a thousand Republicans or conservatives goes out and you find one person who says something a little bit intemperate on the edge of the crowd there, that's, an that's, point. that's the yeah. headline. I mean, that's that's how yes, ridiculous that's it is. Right. And that's why, you know, one mission for, I think in particular in Rhode Island, but nationally, is to find new new ways to get information and new new people to support in the gathering of information. You see it nationally with people are, are turning on Fox News and turning to Newsmax TV yes. and that kind of thing. But I think locally, especially, I mean, just just get rid of all of them. The 12, 10, 6, Projo, RIPR, put them all aside, <laughs> find some other <laughs> well, way. Well, they're not going. No, no, I, well, I don't, but I mean, they. You, we need additional, there, there has to start yes. being some consequence for that just obvious, obvious bias. Yeah. It's, it's just so ridiculous. And now we're seeing it, in my view, um, and this is only my view, not representative of anybody I'm involved with organizationally or for work, but in my view, I think that the news media was literally a big component of how the Democrats stole a presidential election. It's that constant 100%. bias, constant yes. bias, yep. constant, constant attack on Republicans, on Trump, constant soft peddling on the left, hiding stories that could hurt Joe Biden. That is all part of it. And I think that's a big part of the lesson. There has to start being some some accountability for that. And, and maybe it's maybe to the point of, I mean, you, you earlier you talked about Susie Yankee's comment to the, the Providence Journal on, on oh, um, the, the Trump race. Part of that could just be to say, you know what, I'm not talking to you. You can you're, you're going to twist our words anyway. Nobody in my party is going to be talking with you anymore. Then they go. That's one option. Or I, I would be, you know, if you release a statement and the statement is we want full transparency, we want the Dota, the, 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 you know, the list released that has the birth dates. We find this uh, vote total very questionable. We want to remind people there were unauthorized uh, mail ballots that were not notarized. I, I, I to me, I mean, they're going to write something, at least give them something that is valid that reinforces a lot of concerns. But you're exactly right about, you know, I had to watch over the weekend all the national media talking about President Trump's comments that he wants the vote verified undermines our, our democracy. You know what undermines our democracy is from day one, they were talking Russian collusion. Then it became impeachment. And all summer long, they were saying that uh, Biden was going to be a you know blowout. Uh, just last month, they were saying Biden was going to take Florida, was going to take Texas. Does, doesn't that undermine our democracy if you're always giving a false narrative what the polls are? Quinnipiac had uh, Biden up 12. I mean, this was a very, very close election. Uh, if the Trump people had maybe, maybe done some things differently, uh, it could have worked out better. But I, I think when, when you get they, – they, they underestimate. I've seen people try to put together something, and it doesn't get any traction. And I, I've seen people try to do something, and you, you get 10 or 15 people – you know, there were 6,000 people for that Trump boat parade. There were 4,000 on Labor Day. There were 1,000 at the State House. 100 people went to the Board of Elections when no one knew where it was on Plainfield Pike off 295 and Cranston Street um, on Friday during their lunch hour to, to protest. And you can't even throw them a statement of support. I, I, I just, I, I, to me, it reeks of people that don't 
fully recognize what happens when people become completely disengaged. President Trump fired up his supporters. I think the Rhode Island Republican Party failed to galvanize and take advantage of the support that he built in. Well, I, I think that there's truth to that, although I, I guess my difference is I, I'm, I'm willing to cut some slack from it. I mean, for example, who, if you've been following this all Rhode Island politics for a while and you've been participating in it, you, you know you have a rally often and nobody shows up or it's, it's limited participation. Yeah. So, so it's you can't, there, to some degree, you can't necessarily blame um, institutional Republicans for not catching on. Okay, there's going to be a rally. I mean, it ought to be their business and hopefully they'll take this as a learning opportunity. You need to be tapped in. When these things are going down, you need to know about it. I mean, what is social media for if you can't figure that out uh, and be there? Uh, so so there may might have been some, I mean, it's entirely possible that 100 people showing up at the Board of Elections would have surprised Susanki and, and other Republicans. And All right. Well, she's got a board of people. Somebody could have been there. Somebody could have been there. There's a number of different people that they enjoy all the cocktail parties and they enjoy going to this and that and they get to go to D.C. and get the picture taken. Um, you and I both know those progressives, they roll up their sleeves, they get out there, they're you know, putting the lawn signs out. Um, the Republican Party, to me, in order to be successful, you need workers. You need less people that are interested in having uh, you know, intimate dinners and cocktail parties. You need people on the ground real field organizers that's my you, you do but there's i mean that's a, it's a structural problem we have in rhode island on the right is the the left they're much more like that let's all get together like a hive and yes. do this whereas we're all much more independent minded especially when we've been whittled down to this this smaller number and we don't have the jobs to hand out like the democrat party does you know you, you're going to be in this administration you're going to be in this campaign you're going to be in this nonprofit. you're going to be in this union they just shuffle that all around and i don't think Republicans or conservatives would do it to that degree if they could, uh, but that's so. There's, it's harder to get people together, but it is it is definitely possible. I mean, just just look at the vote totals. I, they, there's still thousands of people. I mean, the fact that even with it skewed on election day, Republicans were up across the state. At least we ought to take take yeah. that that one hour of sensation and and think, hey, this could yeah. actually be possible. And one of one of them, as you pointed out, is going to be going and finding those folks in the city areas in Central Falls who voted for President Trump. And I think one area indication that that could work is that of the Republicans, he still lost, but Bob Lancia did better against Langevin than others had. And he had, he certainly hit the top end of like the standard Republican uh, take from a, a Democrat. And one of the things I know he did was to go into the minority communities. And that's definitely one area. Yes. The vote is out there. And if you could get them to vote, to, yes. vote, to know who to vote for. I think the Republicans could, could surprise a lot of people in two years. Folks, he is the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com, Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, YankeeTreeService.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket trucket service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, 
Let them get up there. Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585, 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's my health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. And it's my health. At 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family, plus hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. With me is the managing editor for OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, obviously a lot of uh, political news to discuss, but I'd like to start off just the significance, the breakdown. Uh, that was no small feat that Barbara Ann Fenton Fung, in her first election, uh, definitely a kingslayer and took out Speaker Nick Mattiello. And it would appear that we have a new speaker. Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, that was definitely the, uh, I guess the, you'd say the bright spot on the Republican ticket uh, this this time around in Rhode Island, uh, particularly noteworthy because early in the evening, a lot of Republicans looked like they were doing well because Republicans did so well on election day votes. So in every city and town, practically, the Republican was up and, and by not a small margin. Uh, but that seems to be just about the one race that uh, that didn't, completely reversed when they got the mail ballots in. 
Um, let, let's talk about the significance of, um, I mean, let, let's face it, Mattiello's style was one of, um, you know, nothing made its way to the floor unless he wanted it to pass. It has been countless scandals that they've been involved in. Um, by all accounts, <clears throat> I mean, I point right at him as, you know, everything wrong with the way Rhode Island to me was still, you know, was always under uh, a pay to play atmosphere with with Mattiello. And I think it is it is no small feat. And um, and I think it's a huge breath of fresh air that he is out of there. Well, I think, you know, I, I guess I'm going to withhold some judgment to see whether whether that changes. Uh, that, I mean, as you describe it, he may have been particularly bad or particularly good, but that, that sounds generally like how Rhode Island has run, at least as long as I've been paying attention, no matter who's in the, the, the main chairs there. So I think we do have to see if Shikarchi, the new House Speaker, is any different, if the atmosphere changes at all, if, or if that just continues with a, a different kind of person. Now, whatever happens, I think it's a good, it's a, it's a really, really good and healthy outcome that Rhode Island has learned the Speaker's House Speaker is not immune to voters. You don't have to, it doesn't take, you know, the state police or the FBI to get a, a House Speaker out of office. The voters can do it. I think that's a, uh, a, a very healthy lesson for our, our state to learn. Uh, and and hopefully, hopefully, you know, hopefully Shikarchi is, is a more open speaker uh, in that regard and, and starts to pare down some of the historical abuses and corruption that's involved in, in Rhode Island, the Rhode Island legislature. Um, but I, I, I just, I'm not going to get my hopes up for that. Um, partly, partly he may seem to be more, um, more open and more willing to let things come to the floor only because he's, if, if the legislature moves more to the left toward the progressive end of things, he can, he can make it seem as if he's being more open by letting the progressives have their way. Uh, so that, that's definitely something to watch out for. What do you think she did right? Uh, Barbara Ann Fenfung. What do you think led to her success? And do you think she was a better candidate than Steve Frias, who ran twice and lost? Well, I think I think Steve Steve Frias did a great job. Definitely a uh, a knowledgeable political guy on law and politics. Um, not unlikable. Uh, had no negatives in that regard, but maybe a little wonky. Um, also going up against Mattiello earlier on. Uh, Baran Fenton was a, a strong and competent uh, candidate, but she had some some native advantages, such as, well, first of all, the being married to Alan Fung, who's a, still a popular figure, outgoing mayor of Cranston uh, in that area. Um, she, she's female in a time when that is an, is an advantage in a political race. Uh, and we're also following, you know, another two years of, of Mattiello getting strung up on on little and scandal big and little scandals uh which culminated in a a court case within the past couple months so um there was there was a lot in her favor there and i think she was a she was a strong candidate enough to capitalize on it what whether steve fry would have pulled it off or, or somebody similar this time around that that's an interesting question i i think there's a good chance somebody else could have done it but she definitely had some advantages unique to herself yeah, I think um, I think she's a rising star. Uh, Steve Fry is good guy, smart guy. But I think this is one of those things that uh, yeah, people have to step back. And there, there are candidates that are better than other candidates. She, she just has an easier way about her. 
Um, nothing against Steve. She's, she's more likable. And I think another good example is when you talk to someone like a Ken Block, he's a smart, knowledgeable guy. He, he, he's just, there's some missing ingredient that, and, and it's nothing personal against the person, but you put yourself out there that they're just not as electable as someone else. I think that, that she, she has, I, I think she's actually a better candidate than her husband. She's, she's, she really handled him very well in the debates. There was nonstop with the, uh, the themes. She went right. She would hold him accountable. She ran to me a, a very aggressive, impressive for someone who's never run before. That, that was a really, that was a race. Unlike no one else running for office for a rep seat or a state Senate ran the type of campaign that she ran. Well, yeah, the I mean, the campaign itself was was good. Um, although in that regard, you, you you can't exactly call her a political novice. I mean, not only has she been helping her husband, but her husband, well, I'm sure, was involved True. in her campaign. Uh, and as, on electability, you know, that's a <laughs> that's a very subject, subjective thing. You know, I, I again, just this it comes down to personal uh, tendencies and personal preferences. But I I personally find Steve Frias more likable. Um, mm. But that's that's, you know, I may be very unique in that regard. I'm not sure. Um, but again, nothing against her on a personality level. That's just uh, the people I, I find more, more likable. Uh, but so I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll definitely see. I mean, she's, she certainly has to be included on a list of, you know, people to watch in Rhode Island, yeah. in the political area. Uh, we'll see where she, where she gets um, a lot of that, a lot of that likability to the voters, We'll see how that translates into her fellow legislators and whether she can accomplish anything from her. I mean, that's going to be one of the big watch points, uh, I think, across the board is one of Mattiello's stronger talking points, at least from a sort of retail politics perspective, was to say to the voters of Cranston, look, I'm the speaker. No matter even if you like her better, she's not going to be the speaker. So that's going to be something probably a hurdle she'll have to overcome and, and hopefully her she and her, her husband and her, her team are, are looking at trying to figure out ways to to generate buzz and generate things to point to and say look we were successful without being the speaker so that canard can go away and if they can accomplish that again uh, just like knocking out a house speaker that in itself will be very helpful very healthy for for Rhode Island government across the state if if it's known that you don't have to have the most powerful politician in the state to you don't have to put up with whatever they want to do in order to keep that benefit. Folks, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, one thing about Sakachi, I know him. He's very different than Mattiello. What, what should be noted is he was able to remain the number two. He didn't have any mud on him. He wasn't called to testify in that Mattiello re-election campaign. Uh, you know, the Brit trial, <clears throat> you don't hear him dragged in with uh, any corruption. He's a, a very nice guy, knows a lot of people. But what do you make of the fact that the General Assembly this whole time during the pandemic has not met and suddenly, boom, there they all are, or at least the Democrats, they're all in a room and they uh, have a caucus and they make Sakachi the new speaker. And then the Senate did the same. Boy, for people that kept coming up with reasons why they, they couldn't meet, um, they suddenly met in a hurry. Yeah, that was conspicuous, especially at a time when when the governor's imposing a a 
uh, I don't want to go, go so far as to say fascist, but imposing a, a curfew on a state based on a, a disease that's mildly more deadly than the flu, if at all. Uh, that's at that same time. And while we're all remembering that the General Assembly has not met in months and months and months to have any oversight or to, to keep anything, keep any real representation of the people going, that the fact that they, they feel completely casually comfortable getting together to caucus and pick leadership, that was really telling. And I, I do hope Rhode Islanders learned a lesson. And I hope when when all of our cell phones started buzzing because the, the governor wanted to use our emergency broadcast system in order to re remind us to follow her her arbitrary and, and dictatorial rules. I hope Rhode Islanders thought, you know what? The General Assembly was able to meet. Uh, that doesn't seem to make much sense. You know, there were, <clears throat> before we go to a break, there were people uh, posting on my Facebook page that some of the members of the General Assembly were saying, well, Governor Raimondo wouldn't let them meet. And just, you know, I pushed back and said, that's completely false. Uh, first of all, she has no say of what they want to meet. It, Nick Battiello's strategy was lay low, lay below the, go below the radar. And therefore you don't, he was very happy that they did not have to meet this past spring. He had been, you know, he didn't know what was going to happen with the convention center. There was rumors he was going to be indicted with that grand jury. Uh, he, he didn't like the fact he had to keep going to the state house and then the press and he was successful. He made a calculated decision to not meet because otherwise, you know, you and I have both been on the lawn of the state house. They could have moved it outside. They could have had chairs set up. There's plenty of shade. They could have had some sort of a meeting or been, done it. They do it in public anyway. So they could have done something if they wanted to meet somewhere. They, they didn't want to meet. And then it came back to bite him when he was unable to go around and campaign. But someone was putting that out there. Oh, yeah. Governor Mundo wouldn't let them meet, which is you and I both know are complete falsehood they could have met uh i believe now they will meet but it was just mattiello just did not want to meet um well, he, I, that was the gambling he he took yeah well i i the, the discouraging thing is that it's you know only people maybe only people like us who know that that's such baloney i mean every yes. every well-educated citizen of the united states of america ought to know that the governor cannot tell the legislature you cannot meet i mean that is that is venezuela type socialist dictatorship you, that is completely false and that is the big problem with the past six months and i think you're right i think mattiello not only did it bite him because he couldn't go out and campaign but i think there's there's a real missed opportunity for him to be the one pushing back and saying we're going to have accountability we're going to fulfill yeah. our role and to look and then when he turned to the people of cranston and said look i'm the speaker of house it's very different than just your average representative that would have been a very powerful message but again he, some of it was calculated risk. He didn't know what might be coming down the pipeline, and I think more than that, I, I don't. I don't know that any of the legislature, any of the legislators, except maybe the Republicans, really wanted to get back and and have to take any responsibility for anything that sure. happened. This way, they could hedge their bets and say, "Oh well, well, I, we didn't do that." Just like they were saying on on social media, "Oh, we weren't allowed to be." You know, "Oh yeah, right. Come on." You know, we did, we didn't impose a curfew. We didn't do this to your family and your business. The governor did. Uh, that's what they were hoping for. And unfortunately, there there wasn't as much of a backlash to that attitude as there should have been. Folks, quick break. A lot more ahead. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCart.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. <clears throat> Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor of the Ocean of OceanStateCart.com. Justin, let's um, speak candidly, and I, I'm going to be very candid. 
But I'd like to hear what type of grade would you give Susie Yankee, the uh, chairwoman of the Republican Party, based on election results and how that went, and also the Trump-Rhode Island campaign? Uh, you know, it's I'm, I'm tempted to grade on a curve because election years are difficult for um, – for Republicans in Rhode Island, and especially this year with all those mail ballots out there and a huge, huge boost in, in turnout, uh, particularly for Democrats. So, I mean, I'd, I think I'd give her her a B uh, with the curve that wow. on the curve that, you know, there's just no there's You're not a generous. Grader. Well, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have. Indeed. All right. Let, let, let first of all, let, let's look at the board. Barbara and Fenn won on her own. No help. Patricia Morgan. I don't know whether she helped Patricia Morgan. Anthony G. Russo lost. Chad Callahan lost. Dorian Costa lost. Lancia lost. Um, you know, as anyone that won had been there before, I think there was one newcomer, I believe, some rep that 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 won. But other than that, um, I mean, the the results are the results. There's a lot of races that went uncontested. And people, granted, Ken Hopkins, but I don't know how much she was involved in that race. So, um, I mean, if looking at the scoreboard and everyone's looking at the same data, I, I would not deem it a success at all. My opinion, well, my opinion. Well, I mean, there's a, I guess there are different, different ways of looking at success. I mean, there, uh, honestly, I, I think looking at a, honestly looking at a presidential election year, uh, even before knowing that there would be the huge wave, I mean, who knew that that Joe Biden was going to have bigger coattails than Barack Obama when when pop singers were singing his praises and little children putting out viral videos about him? Uh, somehow, Joe Biden's a more compelling guy, I guess. But even without knowing that, you know, honestly, I, th I think we could have pretty closely called these results um, as it was. I mean, beforehand, you you predicted Dorian Costa would would not. Be successful because of the split vote so party. Yeah. yeah and so there's you know there's only so much that you you can credit or blame the uh the chair of the rhode island republican party on this stuff i mean a lot of it's just the, the support isn't there even so i mean even just keeping seats um you know like uh, Dela cruz and and elaine morgan um and Price, others who kept their seats, even just keeping them is is to some extent a, a success in a year when when somehow uh, Joe Biden managed to best Hillary Clinton in Rhode Island. Do you really believe that vote total? Five hundred seven thousand people. You think again? You, this is my opinion. Your opinion. You you really believe that that's authentic? Well, no, I don't. But but that's kind of I mean, that only goes to my point. Right. You, I don't know how much you can you can downgrade the, the uh, Rhode Island Republican chair for for losing in a situation like that, especially. I mean, if we're going to if we're going to assume some degree of, of vote fraud or at the very least um, aggressive uh, harvesting of votes, if we're going to assume that on a Democrat's part, that's a that's a huge hurdle to overcome. Well, I think at the very least, I mean, Friday, I broadcast live from the Board of Elections and you had 100 people never seen this before. 100 people came out because they are confused and upset over what happened regarding President Trump. Never. I've, you and I have followed this. Do you remember 100 
people on the Republican side coming out at lunchtime. There was no one from the party there. Susie's comment to the press was, oh, well, Biden would have won without the mail ballots anyway, which does nothing. There's nothing. Why are we to believe that the Board of Elections, which was on full display during the Brick trial, that they did virtually nothing? They were ignored. No people were ignoring their subpoenas. As you know, they didn't even really investigate or talk to Mattiello or Skenyon. Uh, you know, four years ago, we heard about nonstop Russian collusion. I, I, I personally don't believe that in an election where mail ballots did not even have to be notarized and where everyone without asking received mail ballot applications, which means anyone that sent back any mail ballot application got a ballot. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I listeners that say the people that lived in the house 10 years before they did, they got mail ballot applications arrived at the house. People whose relatives had passed away arrived at the house. Now, people that try to do the right thing quickly threw them away. Not everyone did. If you mailed that back, you got one back. I mean, I, I would argue that the job of the party chair is you're supposed to be in there fighting for the candidates. You have a lot of disappointed people. Anthony G. Russo, he lost by 300 votes to Justin Caldwell. I mean, the Caldwell people weren't even at the polls on election day. To me, part of it is you have to be in there fighting, advocating, and and demanding some accountability with the Board of Elections and how this election came down. Yeah, well, that, that um, I'm going to agree. I, I mean, if you're talking about the lead up to the election, that's one thing, but I, I've been at a national level as well as more locally. It's It's disappointing to see Republicans, and they're not all doing it, but to see them saying, oh, well, <laughs> they won. Okay, let's all go back to, you know, trying to get things done. No, this is, even even if it were a crass political calculation, there are, at this point in the United States, tens of millions of, of Trump voters, Republican voters, who are at, are at very least frustrated and ready to be kind of pointed in a direction to, to make things better. And a, a big way to do that would be to start going after this idea of the mail ballots and to demand accountability. So that's a, yes. that's, that's that attitude I think is, is completely way too much too soft. And it's, it's one of the reasons, you know, the, the people who get in these, these situations of uh, organizing a party in a state like Rhode Island, where, you know, it's, it's not that there's not a whole lot of competition to, to grab those seats and you're not, you don't have a whole lot of, of benefits to hand out to people in order to, to generate unity and, and any kind of conformity with your, your policies. I think there, they, we, people tend to get into this kind of organizational mindset where, well, okay, well, we're going to play by the rules. And I think that's a, that's a, it's a potentially a missed opportunity if it doesn't turn around real quick. And if you just look at, I mean, it, it ought to be an easy lesson. Look at the success. Um, the former GOP uh, chairman, had and uh, he might not have been a chairman anymore, but just as an interested Republican, Brandon Bell filing a complaint with the Board of Elections on yes. uh, Mattiello's uh, that's right issue, issues on with the, the mailer. Whole thing. Yeah, the, yes, that was a huge trial. success. So between it that was. and the enthusiasm of the of the the Trump vote to have people turning out in Rhode Island, where yep. I mean, the journalists, I think you commented on it, and I did too on social media. The journalists are out there saying, "Oh, Biden won by twenty points. Go away, people," <laughs> which is completely irresponsible for journalists to be it saying. Is. But, but I mean, they do have a point. It was a huge margin. Uh, fraud did not give Biden a Rhode Island vote, probably, but 
it was still something and there's still people upset about it and that's good and that's something the republicans ought to be out there capitalizing on it i mean they don't have to be out there saying you know the whole system's corrupt and it's all fraud maybe it is um i think that fraud that fraud image with the, the lines, I think Michigan, where the vote for Biden suddenly went up and it created an F on the chart. That's a very powerful image. Uh, but I, the Republicans don't even have to go that far, but capitalize on this. Be at that rally. Somehow you need to know that 100 people who sympathize with you are going to be at the Board of Elections and you need to be seen there. I, I do agree. There. Yes. That's, but that, and be supportive, right? And, and the lack of curiosity, Justin, with the local media that Steph Machado put out you know, this is a waste. They want a recount. Uh, he won by 20 points. We'll, we'll time out. You and I both know the lack of curiosity about the local media is astounding, number one. Number two, if Channel 12 or 10 or 6, or the, if they were running a promo that said, tonight we're going to feature someone we found who voted five times, I, I would watch that. You would watch that. To, they, the, to drag it into that they're demanding a recount with 507,000 ballots cast, I, I possible to believe that that system was somehow not manipulated. David Cicilline got 70 percent of the vote. Congressman Cicilline, when he won in 2010, he got 81,000 votes. This time around, he supposedly received close to 160,000 votes. Now, Justin, you and I follow this. Is it really that easy to double your vote total? <laughs> not improve by 10 or 20 percent, but double? I refuse to believe that. In a year, we saw what was going on in Cranston. You brought up a good point with the Brit trial and Brandon Bell fired that, filed that. These were unnotarized mail ballots. The opportunity for fraud is right beyond belief. And what, what I find astounding is the local media seemingly dismissed it all as, look at these stupid Trump people. They want a recount. You know, it doesn't have to be a recount, but if you find five people, 10 people, 20 people, maybe they were involved with a campaign and they voted several times. I, I think these are legitimate questions that should be investigated, not dismissed. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I mean, to me, there's, even as recently as a year ago, people often made the distinction between the national media and the state level media, generally saying things like, oh, well, you know, the national media is biased and terrible, but the state media, state level media does much better. Not anymore. I mean, they're just, they've just been so terrible this year between not questioning the governor on her, on her dictates and the emergency powers. And now this, I mean, they were, I, I forget which station was 10 or 12. There were reporters out there saying, the, the tweet, it might have been a headline, at least a tweet was saying, in, no modern presidential candidate has refused to concede. Like, Hello, 2000, Al Gore. I mean, just, just right. they're just so swept up in an ideology thing. And, 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 yes. and, along, and they're now fully within that national media movement of let's declare Biden a winner. Let's say, let's pretend he's the president-elect, that, that it's crazy to question this, because that way, will either one convince judges that even if president trump is correct about the fraud it's better not to up overturn the election or two you'll you'll wind up getting huge riots out of the out of the people who are disappointed if the court does say yeah we're gonna have to get rid of all those votes because they were fraudulent if that happens there will be a riot which 
it seems like the media is okay with. So I, I think at this point, to me, the, if the news media, state level as well, has had any credibility remaining going into this election, it's, it's completely gone. I mean, the idea that these, this number of votes would, would just materialize, I, I'm just... Not, it's possible. They're, they're not There's even, no way in a pandemic. And it's not even like there are people exactly. stuck in Florida who, who didn't even get a chance to vote. With, and, There's not even a question like, hey... This seems unusual. Five hundred and seven thousand votes. Yeah, and and, and but, no one and, and you and I both know Nelly Gorbia still hides the birth date, so it's it's impossible to cross reference if there was people that voted, you know, several times. I've heard that that whole Matt Brown collaborative that they were all voting in each other's district. So when you have a group a a pack of one hundred people, I heard they were all voting. And then all those people, you know, that's that's like a building up like a 500 vote margin. Now, I've heard that it's from a very good source. I, I'd like to find out if that's true. I'll tell you who could find out. The chairwoman of the Republican Party could find out. And something else I want to mention, but I believe that the Trump campaign locally uh, and I'm friends with him, Jerry Zarella. But there was a real opportunity. Ted Nisi was even astounded at the number of uh, votes that President Trump received in Central Falls and parts of Providence. And I was told that there was, you know, emails and things like that to the local Trump people, Trump Rhode Island, now, not the national campaign. Hey, you know, we're finding that a lot of Latino voters, they don't identify with Black Lives Matter. Some of them tend to be pro-life. Uh, they don't like socialism. And, and there's an opportunity here. And I, I will tell you, you know, yeah, they had the Rocky Point stuff in the state house. There was no effort to try to reach out to the Latino base that clearly there was an opportunity here. There should have been some outreach in Central Falls and Providence. And as you and I know, the Latino population is growing in Rhode Island, but there were no rallies. There were no spokespeople. Um, I, again, I'm going to look at it as I, I think the ball was dropped. I think it was because there were different opportunities. We're going to take a quick break. A lot more, folks. Justin Katz, Politics This Week, right here on The John DePietro Show. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is the managing editor of the OceanStateCurrent.com. It's uh, Justin Katz. Again, Justin, we're, we're talking about the vote total. See, I, I just believe this is a time that you, you can't let people feel like, what did I just do that for? And there are several candidates saying, I gave up my spring. I gave up my summer. I gave up my fall. What happened here? Uh, I don't feel right about this vote total. I don't know. Um, there's another part of this I want to get thought on, just to show to me the way the, the media can be biased. And I'll name names. Tom Mooney, biased reporter for the journal. He showed up at that Board of Elections thing. He didn't want to talk to me. He didn't want to talk with two people that are educated, intelligent. One of them, she's a woman from Barrington. She's the one that organized it. They seek out the fringe people. They seek out the people that mention religion. The headline is, you know, Jesus or something wants Trump to get a... They seek out people that say, we want to recount. They, they, they try to portray the Trump people as a bunch of Bible-thumping, you know, right-wing nuts. I noticed on Saturday, there was a group of people who went to the state house. Some right-wing fringe nut mentioned civil war. A reporter from Channel 12 mentions that. But, Justin, I've been there at the State House this past summer. When you have members of Black Lives Matter, defund the police, they talk about the time for another riot, burning down the city. Uh, you know, only only good cop is a dead cop. Doesn't get reported. Justin, that, that's selective reporting to shape 
and reinforce a narrative. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the the left wing rallies and riots, uh, if if a cop car gets burned, the rally was mostly peaceful, right? Yes, if, that's if, right. If a thousand Republicans or conservatives goes out and you find one person who says something a little bit intemperate on the edge of the crowd, there that's an that's, excellent point. That's the yeah. headline. I mean, that's that's how yes, ridiculous that's it is. Right. And that's why you know one mission for. I think in particular in Rhode Island, but nationally, but is to find new, new ways to get information and new, new people to support in the gathering of information. You see it nationally with people are are turning on Fox News and turning to Newsmax TV yes. and that kind of thing. But I think locally, especially, I mean, just just get rid of all of them. The twelve, ten, six, pro Joe, RIPR, put them all aside. <laughs> find some other well, way. Well, they're not going. Well, no, I, well, I don't, but I mean, they. You, we need additional, there, there has to start yes. being some consequence for that just obvious, obvious bias. Yeah. It's, it's just so ridiculous. And now we're seeing it, in my view, um, and this is only my view, not representative of anybody I'm involved with organizationally or for work, but in my view, I think that the news media was literally a big component of how the Democrats stole a presidential election. It's that constant 100%. bias, constant yes. bias, yep. constant, constant attack on Republicans, on Trump, constant soft peddling on the left, hiding stories that could hurt Joe Biden. That is all part of it. And I think that's a big part of the lesson. There has to start being some some accountability for that. And, and maybe it's maybe to the point of, I mean, you, you earlier you talked about Susanki's comment to the, the Providence Journal on, on oh, um, the, the Trump race. Part of that could just be to say, you know what, I'm not talking to you. You can, you're, you're going to twist our words anyway. Nobody in my party is going to be talking with you anymore. Then they go. That's one option. Or I, I would be, you know, if you release a statement and the statement is, we want full transparency. We want the Dota, the, the the you know the list released that has the birth dates. We find this uh, vote total very questionable. We want to remind people there were unauthorized uh, mail ballots that were not notarized. I, I I to me, I mean, they're going to write something. At least give them something that is valid that reinforces a lot of concerns. But you're exactly right about you know I had to watch over the weekend all the national media talk about President Trump's comments that he wants. The vote verified undermines our, our democracy. You know what undermines our democracy is from day one, they were talking Russian collusion. Then it became impeachment. And all summer long, they were saying that uh, Biden was going to be a you know, blowout. Uh, just last month, they were saying Biden was going to take Florida, was going to take Texas. Does, doesn't that undermine our democracy if you're always giving a false narrative what the polls are? Quinnipiac had uh, Biden up 12. I mean, this was a very, very close election. Uh, if the Trump people had made, maybe done some things differently, uh, it could have worked out better. But I, I think when, when you get they, – they, they underestimate. I've seen people try to put together something, and it doesn't get any traction. And I, I've seen people try to do something, and you, you get 10 or 15 people. You know, There were 6,000 people for that Trump boat parade. There were 4,000 on Labor Day. There were 1,000 at the State House. 100 people – went up to the board of elections when no one knew where it was on Plainfield Pike off 295 and Cranston Street um, Friday during their lunch hour to, to protest. And you can't even throw them a statement of support. I, I, I just I, I to me, it reeks of people that don't fully recognize what happens when people become completely disengaged. President Trump fired up his supporters I think the Rhode Island Republican Party 
failed to galvanize and take advantage of the support that he built in. Well, I, I think that there's truth to that, although I, I guess my difference is I, I'm, I'm willing to cut some slack from it. I mean, for example, who, if you've been following this all Rhode Island politics for a while, and you've been participating in it, you, you know, you have a rally often and nobody shows up or it's, it's limited participation. Yeah. So, so it's you can't, there, to some degree, you can't necessarily blame, um, institutional Republicans for not catching on, okay, there's going to be a rally. I mean, it ought to be their business and hopefully they'll take this as a learning opportunity. You need to be tapped in when these things are going down. You need to know about it. I mean, what is social media for if you can't figure that out uh, and be there? Uh, so, so there may, might've been some, I mean, it's entirely possible that a hundred people showing up at the board of elections would have surprised Susie and, and other Republicans. And all right, well, she's got a board of people. Somebody could have been there. Somebody could have been there. There's a number of different people that they enjoy all the cocktail parties and they enjoy going to this and that and they get to go to D.C. and get the picture taken. Um, you and I both know those progressives, they roll up their sleeves, they get out there, they're you know putting the lawn signs out. Um, the Republican Party, to me, in order to be successful, you need workers. You need less people that are interested in having uh, you know intimate dinners and cocktail parties you need people on the ground real field organizers that's my you, you do but there's i mean that's a, it's a structural problem we have in rhode island on the right is the the left they're much more like that let's all get together like a hive and yes. do this whereas we're all much more independent minded especially when we've been whittled down to this this smaller number and we don't have the jobs to hand out like the democrat party does you know you're, you're going to be in this administration you're going to be in this campaign you're going to be in this nonprofit. you're going to be in this union they just shuffle that all around and i don't think Republicans or conservatives would do it to that degree if they could, uh, but that's so. There's, it's harder to get people together, but it is it is definitely possible. I mean, just just look at the vote totals. I, they, there's still thousands of people. I mean, the fact that even with it skewed on election day, Republicans were up across the state. At least we ought to take take that yeah. that one hour of sensation and and think, hey, this could yeah. actually be possible. And one of one of them, as you pointed out, is going to be going and finding those folks in the city areas in Central Falls who voted for President Trump. And I think one area indication that that could work is that of the Republicans, he still lost, but Bob Lancia did better against Langevin than others had. And he had, he certainly hit the top end of like the standard Republican uh, take from a, a Democrat. Good rap. point. And one of the things I know he did was to go into the minority communities. And that's definitely one area. Yes. The vote is out there. And if you could get them to vote, Yes. Vote, to know who to vote for. I think the Republicans could, could surprise a lot of people in two years. Folks, he is the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com, Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. 